0: hello uh i wanted to pop in for a bit of a bonus episode uh at the moment uh, i'm running a free webinar series um which i think might be really interesting to the listeners so it's a four-part series and um we've got one more tonight uh the 1st of december and the last one on friday the 3rd but that's fine if you've missed out uh well, you haven't missed out. It'll all be recorded and you can access those recordings. So I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. Um, but essentially, I'm running a four part series as a brief introduction to uh, youth mental health. So in the first session, I um, looked at anxiety, um, some of the common signs and symptoms in the second Depression. Later today, I'll be talking a bit more about adolescent development, and the fourth one is around having difficult conversations. So, if you're interested in learning a bit more about those uh, areas, uh, feel free to check out the link below in the show notes, and um, you'll have access to that uh, those recordings. And today, I wanted to talk a bit about how do we have some of these difficult conversations? Um, We're just adjusting to the new. You know the news about this new variant and i know it's creating a little bit of angst and anxiety and i'm getting a lot of uh inquiries from parents and from families around uh how to support their own Teens. Um, that's sort of my area of, of interest is working with teens and families. And I thought I would um, bring some of that information into the Inside Social Work podcast. I know a lot of social workers um, tend to be the quote, you know, the therapist um, for their friends and family. And sometimes it can be really hard to take off your social work hat, or you know, if you're a clinician or a therapist and bring it back down to basics. So I really wanted to give you some of my top tips um, on how to have these difficult conversations. So if you're worried about a friend, a family member, a housemate, it might be time to have that tough conversation. And these conversations go better when you're prepared, when you're calm, And you can be open-minded and non-judgmental. So my first tip there is to check in with yourself and think, am I in a position to have this conversation? Am I feeling calm? Am I in the right headspace? And if the answer is yes to all those things, pick your time and place. So this is really important because if you're worried about someone who's distressed or experiencing poor mental health where and when you have this conversation is incredibly important so you want to consider picking a time that is you're not going to be rushed and that it's a space that you're both comfortable in so you might not want to do this at a crowded cafe for example if that person feels like it's they might feel like it's too private a conversation to have and you don't want to have it Before you've got to rush off to do a shift or you've got, you know, something in the oven that's going to be, um, you know, you're going to risk burning. You really want to make sure if you choose to start this conversation that you have the time and the place feels comfortable and safe. Once you start having this conversation, it's really important not to rush the person So you might start off with asking questions about the behaviours you've noticed. Be careful not to criticise them. So don't say something like, look, you've been really lazy or um, you haven't been cleaning up your room or the communal space. Um, You know, you can say, look, I've noticed that you haven't quite been yourself and there have been times where you haven't seemed as motivated. I'd like to talk to you about this or I'm a bit worried So being really careful to pinpoint maybe some of the behaviours or some of the symptoms that you might notice without criticising the person. Um, Listen, don't interrupt and let them get things off their chest. This might be really hard because we often want to jump in and offer a solution or we want to um, just fix it for them Or we want to reassure them that things are okay so you know um think of an example where somebody might feel like they're hopeless and helpless and they might be something like i just i feel like i can never get it right my boss is always on my case um i just feel like such a crappy worker like i'm just no good and maybe your instinct is to say you're not crappy i see how hard you work this is really difficult that might not that has its place But in that moment, it's really important to validate what that person's saying. And validating it, it doesn't mean you agree with them. It doesn't mean that by saying, that must feel really sucky or that that must feel so awful to sit there feeling like you can't do your job. That doesn't mean you agree with them. You don't agree with the belief that they can't actually do their job but you really wanna validate their experience in that moment. If you don't know what to say, you can say that. It's more helpful to say, I'm not sure what to say right now. I'm so glad you told me, or thank you for sharing, or wow, I didn't expect that, it caught me off guard. Let me, I wanna make sure I say the right thing. Can I just have a moment? I'm gonna get a cup of tea, glass of water, go to the bathroom, wash my face. You know, something that gives you a few moments to then come back and start that conversation again. So you don't have to have an immediate response. You know, so having some standard lines, that must be really difficult. I can understand why you would feel that way if that's how you interpreted those or that's what's coming across. Tell me more, sounds really difficult. How are you coping? You know, to feel like you're not doing well at work and that your boss is always on your case. That I know how much you love your job and how hard you work. That must be really awful. How are you going with that? Yes, yeah, so we can validate and we can show concern. Please resist your instinct to interrupt with solutions. Don't interrupt. Don't offer solutions about what you would do or there's another time or oh don't be silly. Even if they say, I just don't know what to do right now, you can say, That sounds tough. I can see why you feel stuck. Be supportive and non judgmental. Pause there for a moment. Even if you don't understand exactly what's going on, you can still be supportive. You can let them know they're not alone. And if they don't feel comfortable talking with you, it's okay to say, I feel like maybe I'm not the right person to talk to about this. How about we try and you can recommend someone you know might be more appropriate or more equipped or that that person might feel more comfortable with. So when offering support, I really think it's important to be uh, non-judgmental. And don't give advice without asking permission first. So let's say you've had a chat, you've picked your time, your place. It's a, a moment where you're both feeling calm. Um, you've started this conversation. If you then think, actually, I have a really good idea for this, wait till you know towards the end of the conversation, and then actually you could say, "Look, I've had something similar happen to me before." or one of my friends um went through the same issue with their boss um, would it be helpful if i shared with you what they did yes asking for that permission um, so they're the, some of the things i really want you to consider and keep in mind some of the things i, I think are worth avoiding and this can be be a little more difficult if it's somebody that is younger than you, don't say things like, when I was your age, I. Yeah, this, this might feel really unusual because we think it comes from a good place, right? Like, oh, when I was your age, I felt that same way about my boss, but, you know, we changed careers so many times over our life, you won't even remember it in, you know, this many years. That minimises the experience and can come across sometimes as judgmental or critical even if that wasn't your intention so remember not to interject with comments like when i was your age or you know brushing those things off um you might be able to say like i mentioned earlier around look actually i went through something similar when i was your age Um, i know things have changed now but i might have some ideas or would it be helpful if i shared with you what worked and what i stuffed up and what i learned from it so you could be really honest and ask that permission to give advice the other thing i want you to avoid when having these conversations is don't minimize the problem or the issue and i know that this is something i struggled with in my early career days is um, i found my tolerance for um, people's discomfort had kind of diminished because i was working in you know some really acute mental health settings and i was working with a lot of people who had chronic homelessness and chronic trauma and a lot of things that had been happening for them and i would come home and i'd hear people complain about things that felt really trivial and i remember feeling oh my goodness do you really want me to show you how some other people live and so i could really had to check in with myself and think it doesn't have to be comparative suffering i don't have to minimize it this is a person i care about or love or it's a close friend or you know i value kindness so even with this person i don't know really well i want to show up in a way that makes them feel supported in that moment so try not to minimize their problem or issue um You know, if you're talking with younger, younger people, don't say something like, oh, you know, that's okay that you're having an issue with a friend. You won't be friends with them, you know, past high school. It's fine. Um, So don't disregard some of their emotions because it's, you know, maybe was different for you or in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't feel that significant in that moment for them. It might be and try and avoid saying, but so this is a really common one. And I urge you to consider how you say things. So don't say, oh, I understand what you're going through, but, and then inserting feedback or response or advice. Yeah, so again, ask permission to understand what you're going through. That sounds really tough. You know, validate, listen, empathise, be non-judgmental. If you then have some advice, ask, actually, What you were saying about your friendship issues made me think of this time that I went through blah, 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 or uh, my friend had a similar issue. Um, Could I share with you a bit more about that and see if it's helpful? So we can really flip it in a different way. The last couple I want to talk about is being overly positive. So this can feel really jarring for someone where we just want to make them feel good being like, oh, that's fine. Everything happens for a reason. Or look on the bright side, you know. So if we go back to that example of an employer uh, not feeling respected by their uh, an employee not feeling, you know, respected by the employer, you know, it's not great to say, well, you'll learn something from it or everything happens for a reason. Or there'll be another job that comes along that is so much better for you that actually can feel really difficult and really hurtful to the person. Uh, And it can actually be dismissive and a little bit shaming. So if someone's experiencing distress, um, that might feel like a really, you might might think it's a helpful thing to say, but it's often received as this person can't listen to me. So I'm just going to have to squish down my feelings and pretend to be okay with things while I'm in front of them. Okay, so another thing we want to try and avoid is trivializing the person's experience. So this is when we, you know, someone might say something like, I was just feeling really overwhelmed or, um, you know, maybe they had a genuine panic attack and we say something, you know, to try and maybe relate, but that trivializing like, oh, I know I had a panic attack when I saw the cost of the insurance this month or something like that. So it might seem kind-hearted and a genuine attempt to relate but it can minimize the distress and it can fail to validate the person's experience. So we really want to try and avoid saying things that might accidentally trivialize the problem. Now the last few are sort of things we've touched on briefly Um, so it's you know we don't want to come up with solutions that are I mean we might think they're really helpful but if someone's talking to us about their anxiety or their depression or being in a really rough patch we don't want to say something like have you tried yoga, that worked for me or what about meditation again if those are they're, they're very good strategies of course and we know the benefits of, of a mindful practice and meditation and relaxation but in that moment we need to listen, we need to validate and then after all that we might ask hey i don't know if this is helpful i've heard that some people find breathing exercises really effective or uh, one thing i've used with my clients is xyz do you think that might work or this is something i've found works for me Have you thought of it so we want to ease in um ask for permission before we offer those sorts of solutions um, we don't want to be using guilt. So kind of like that bit I said earlier where I struggled to empathize with people whose problems maybe felt trivial in my early days. Um, we don't want to actually comment on that. We don't want to say, oh, what have you got to complain about? Do you know there are people who have it much worse than you? So we really want to avoid things like that. Um, you know, that empathy doesn't run out. We can have empathy for all the people suffering all the things. It, You know, just because someone situation might be objectively more difficult it doesn't mean the person sitting in front of you isn't having a tough time so we really want to give them permission to just feel their feelings show compassion show empathy and not compare it to someone else okay Uh, we uh, also don't want to say things like just snap out of it just get over it um, again that you know c- can cause unnecessary distress um, and it can actually prevent, fi- prevent that person figuring out what's getting to the bottom of it so many people actually find it quite tough to talk about how they're feeling and so if they're being shut down um, th- it might take them longer to figure it out they might shut off a little bit more from other people so we really don't want to say things like just get out of it just grow, it, grow out of it snap out of it that kind of thing Um, and the last tip let's say you've done all of these things you've thought about the ways to have the conversation you've kept in mind the things not to say what if it goes well but they don't want help that's okay you can um, offer some you know myth-busting like maybe you know if it is a, a mental health concern and you've talked about going to the GP and seeing a therapist and they say no you might actually say look i wonder i wonder why that might be you know do you feel like they will breach your privacy or do you think it's going to be um really uncomfortable or do you think that's only for um you know suicidal people like whatever you can spend some time myth busting it maybe they've got some assumptions that aren't accurate but you want to do that gently you want to do that with curiosity um you know there might be some things that you can do that help them overcome their worries or concerns about seeking help and if they don't they still don't want help that's okay you can let them know if they change their mind in the future you'll be there to support them if you perhaps notice things getting worse maybe it's worth having another conversation down the track but you must you know respect their right not to seek help so if you're worried about their mental health and their you know not opening up or they're not wanting to seek support that's okay we want to keep you know options for conversation open and dialogue open you may want to revisit the conversation there might be different approaches but at the end of the day they also have a right not to seek help and we must respect their wishes so I hope you found this helpful. I'll put a link to um, there I've written blog posts about those topics so I'll put some of the links to that in the show notes and um, yeah and see how uh, see how you go with some of these tips and armed with a few new tools and techniques to have conversations about someone who's mental health you're worried about. And remember, there will be a link in the show notes as well to sign up for the uh, mini mental health series that I'm running. It is a focus on working with young people or if you've got children living or working with uh, with teenagers. But it'll still be really relevant if you're an educator or you're a person who works in the mental health space with teenagers. Um, it is a basic introduction. Uh, the webinars don't go for very long, but I strongly encourage people to check that out if they're interested Um, It might even be interesting to to some of the parents or carers that you work with. And if you're in Melbourne, um, I'm running a two-day workshop next week, Thursday the 9th and Friday the 10th of December. And this is a crash course in mental health. So it's an accredited program through Mental Health First Aid Australia, um, but it's a focus on youth. So it's the Youth Mental Health First Aid course. And... I love it. I think that's actually going to be my 30th course, which is pretty impressive considering over the last two years we haven't been able to run them. So following from that, I will be a master instructor, which is super exciting. Um, so in this course, uh, it's two full days. Um, I really, really highly recommend it. I, I honestly believe everybody should be do a mental health first aid course the um the insight that you get the reflection the learning um and also the the ideas and and suggestions from other participants i mean i run these as often as i can and i still walk away feeling like i've learned something new from the beautiful participants that attend Um, so you'll learn a bit about some of the signs and symptoms to look out for um, for anxiety depression eating disorders trauma Um, psychosis and alcohol and other drugs and you know we'll look at that in context of some of the developmental milestones happening for young people so that kind of 12 to 25 year old age bracket will go through a bit of an action plan kind of like physical first aid where you have your doctor's ABC um, and then we kind of apply that to some case studies and some opportunities to practice in small groups. So it's a really comprehensive program. You'll get a manual and a yummy, yummy lunch and you'll get to hang out with me during the breaks as well. I really do love running these. Um, Participants always find them really enjoyable and really relevant to their work because Um, I don't know about you but unlike physical first aid I've actually I've never really I've never had to do CPR I have had to ice a few sprained ankles and um, you know apply a few band-aids and put some burns under cold water but my mental health first aid skills I encounter um, situations almost daily and I use this framework because being that first unseen or that you know first responder type um, position is very different to being a therapist so with as a therapist I work more intensively with people I get to know them really well but some of these mental health first aid conversations can happen in just a few moments and it's a really useful framework so even if you're a very experienced clinician um, I still encourage you to consider signing up Uh, you can sign up with me for next week I'm also running some over the year next year and you can see all of the information for that on my private practice page uh, thetherapyhub.com.au uh, or you can check out some other instructors there are instructors all over australia um, through the mhfa.com.au or the dog website i'll put a link to that in the show notes as well um, so yeah hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode and it equips you with a few extra tips and tricks um, to have some conversations with people who are maybe in distress or whose mental health you're worried about